BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Being laid off is brutal. It can knock people off career trajectories, destabilize people's sense of their worth, and cause problems in their personal relationships. This year, the Bay Area has seen tens of thousands of layoffs. So our team here at KQED has gone out to collect the best advice on what to do when you're laid off. How do you protect your mental health? What's your next step in getting new work? Should you stay in your field or do something else? How do you talk to your partner or your kids about what's happened? We'll hear your stories and share the best advice that we've been able to find. That's all coming up next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. As thousands of us here in the Bay Area have gotten laid off, your crack KQED team sprang into action. Carly Severn and Carlos Cabrera Lomeli set out to do some service journalism. They asked people who'd lost their jobs what they wanted and needed to know and set out to deliver the best resources on those topics. The advice guides they put together are not just about getting the next gig, but how to really recover Mind, Soul, and LinkedIn. They joined us this morning to share what they found. Welcome, Carly. Welcome, Carlos. Hey, Hey, Alexis. So, Carly, before we get into the more kind of practical guidance, what kind of needs really spurred this guide series? Yeah, so I I think folks can identify it has been a brutal cycle over the last months. We've seen particularly a lot of tech layoffs, especially in the first months of the year. Uh, I do want to acknowledge it tends to be the tech layoffs that get the headlines. It is this narrative that feeds itself, especially when it comes to this sector and the kind of media coverage it gets. So I do want to acknowledge that it's not just tech folks getting laid off right now. I, I know that, you know, my colleague Carlos is going to talk to this quite a bit, but that experience means it is not the same for everyone. Some people are going to be getting severance. They can really pause and decide what they're going to do next. And some people just need to find that next job to to get their money. Uh, For many, it's not the first rodeo. A lot of people will get laid off several times in their life. But for many people, it is their first time. Mm. And it's an experience that it's financially impactful, but it's also very emotional. You know, as you Mm -hmm. say, you you constantly think, what did I do wrong? How Mm -hmm. did I cause myself to lose my job? So we saw this great need, basically. So we wanted to produce a series of guides, which you can find on KQED's site at kqed.org slash layoffs, which really speak to the financial needs, the career needs, but also the emotional needs as well. Yeah. 
Carlos, how about what was the process for sort of gathering, you know, what do people really need to know? Because we can sort of imagine some of the things, but you wanted to really like make sure that you were answering the questions that people really had. Exactly. And I think the first step to that is really understanding the audience that we're going to be serving. While, you know, like Carly mentioned, tech has been grabbing the big headlines. If we look at the data itself and we like, for example, San Francisco, uh, the city controller's office recently released its jobs numbers um, last uh, for since 2020. And tech companies have actually led job growth in SF for the past three years of the pandemic. But other sectors like hotels, transportation, construction have seen layoffs in the tens of thousands in the same period. And many of these jobs are low wage. There are minimum wage jobs that employ people from all over the Bay Area. So we have so then that impacts our reporting because then we can't just serve people and answer the questions from people who are going to get the big severance package, right? Who can take the three months off. We have to take into account the needs of people who instead of three months off, they have three days to find their next job. Mm-hmm. And that radically changes the information they're going to be looking for, right? Um, they might be asking, you know, what benefits can you apply for? What if, what can you do if you, you know, you've been waiting for weeks for a response from CalFresh, mm-hmm. from Medicaid, from Medi-Cal. So this is, uh, so we, we decided to then f- at, like shape our questions this way and go to where folks were having these conversations uh, Reddit, Facebook groups, uh, non nonprofit and social service organizations who are already having these conversations with people mm-hmm. and ask them, what frustrations are you hearing from people? And that then we were able to bring to the experts who two of them are here with us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tech really had that wild up and down hiring like crazy during uh, the early parts of the pandemic and then laying off like crazy. While, whereas these other industries uh, were just struggling um, through through a lot of the pandemic. We'd love to hear from you. You know, have you been laid off? What was your experience? What would you like to know? If you've been laid off in the past, what was the best advice that you got? Like, we were happy to have advice givers as well as advice takers on the show this morning. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. The email is forum at kqed.org. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, of course, too. We're KQED Forum. Um, like Carlos was saying, we do have a couple of experts uh, here for you. Um, Horst Govin is a career coach with the Job Hunt Bootcamp. Welcome, Horst. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And we also have Ioana Angelakis, a marriage and family therapist based here in San Francisco. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. So um, we have a couple, you're going to kind of split out the way that you talk about these things. Iwana, why don't we start first on people kind of trying to manage the kind of emotional side of being laid off. Like what's the first thing if someone, you know, an existing client or someone new comes to you and they says like, I've lost my job, I've been laid off. What do you tell them? Well, it's shocking initially. And um, the first thing I tell them is, wow, you know, I mirror back what's going on with them and I hear them out and listen to their experience and meet them where they're at. What are some of the common experiences that reactions that people have to a layoff like that? Well, um, as, as was mentioned earlier, I think that it's important to know that it's not your fault as 
oftentimes people feel like they did something wrong and they were at fault for something and that's the reason they got laid off. But it's good to know that it's just not your fault and it's important to remember that. Mm. You know, I feel like friends that I've had who've been in this position, they keep like looping back through that, like their experience at the company thinking like, well, what if I'd done this? And what if I did? Do you have any like specific strategies for people who might want to try and kind of intercept that cycle, uh, that repetitive kind of thought? Yeah, well, it's funny you should mention that cycle because that's the, when something is cyclical and repeats itself, that's an indicator of trauma mm-hmm. of sorts. And uh, in order to interrupt that cycle, it's important to have a different perspective on it or to reframe it and to have a replacement thought for that Hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and to have that go-to replacement thought. And so that might look like something along the lines of this is an opportunity to shift my career in a different direction or to find a new trajectory and pursue perhaps some some dreams that I had in the past and to move forward from there. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about what people should do also immediately when they're laid off. Um, Carly, we're going to come to you first and then go to you, Horst. Carly, how about like with relating to the government and the kind of safety net that's available for people, what's the very first thing people should do if they've been they've been laid off, according to this research that you've done? Okay, so we heard from folks that a lot of people think, still think, that uh, your unemployment benefits will start the day that you're laid off. That is not the case. You need to apply for them as soon as possible. And I know that's kind of tough when you're in this grieving period to kind of get yourself together and you know do a, essentially a bunch of admin that yeah. doesn't paperwork. Feel, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sadmin, I think it's called. Um, but you have to do it because that's how you're going to get those benefits quicker. I cannot sugarcoat this. Applying for unemployment insurance, UI, um, it is not simple or quick. Uh, Online, the website actually has opening hours as well. So there'll be some times of day in the week that you can't do this application. Um, What I do recommend for people is gather all your application info before you embark on the process. Otherwise, it's going to take even longer. You are going to need your employment history. You're going to need all of your income that you earned. You're going to need to create a an account online with EDD, and then you're going to need to create another account that verifies your mm. identity. The money coming through is going to take at least three weeks. And I know that KQED has done a lot of reporting on those backlogs as well. So this is not going to be quick. This is why you need to apply as soon as possible. And you need to recertify for your unemployment insurance every two weeks. Go into this with open eyes, basically, I'm saying. Yeah. And, you know, if you were furiously trying to take notes or thinking about it there, it's all in the guide on the website. You don't have to worry, but it's all laid out for you. Um, Horst, how about what's the first thing you think people should do you know, in this situation in that job search process? Yeah, Alexis, I think the first thing I want to recognize, and, and you said it before, is that it can be really, really traumatic to have this experience happen. And so I think the first thing to do is just you know, let it, let it soak in and, and, and take the time to really um, get through that part. But at the same time, uh, the next thing I would do is really look at your, your situation. Everyone's situation is unique. Figure out, you know, do you have some time? Do you have a cushion of time? Did you get severance? You know, do you need to find a new job immediately? Or do you have some time to take, take a break, take a breath and take a pause? Um, and then if you do, you can use this time to start thinking about 
what do you want next? Because as as Iolana mentioned, one of the things that you can take from this, you know, she mentioned a replacement thought. One of the things that you can use a layoff or a um, this this period for is a way to to find a better opportunity. And I think one of the big things that comes out of of a layoff for a lot of people is use the use this as an opportunity. Hmm. Um. One of our listeners, uh, Evan, um, apologies, Evan, uh, writes, I was just laid off on Saturday. It was really shocking. And the best advice I've heard so far is where there is change, there is growth. I'm ready for the next level. Ewan, is that one of the things that you try and coach people towards is that these these are opportunities to change your life? Absolutely. And uh, reviewing what some of the things that you've always wanted to to do and a future direction for your life and your career and what would make you proud of yourself, I think is super important to review at this time and to start cataloging the things that are meaningful to you and which direction you would like to go. And this opportunity is tremendous. Amidst all of these big tech layoffs, we're talking about how to recover from a layoff. There is a series of guides that our KQED audience news team has put together. That's Carly Severn and Carlos Cabrera Cabrera Lomeli, community engagement reporter with KQED News. The series is called What to Do After a Layoff. Where do we find it, Carly? You find it at kqed.org slash layoffs. We're also joined by a couple of the interviewees in that series. Horst Govin is a career coach with the Job Hunt Boot Camp and Iwana Angelakis is a marriage and family therapist based in San Francisco. We'd love to hear from you. We'll get to some calls. Uh, Have you been laid off recently? What's the experience been like? What would you like to know? If you were laid off and you found a job or landed in a place that you're happy with, piece together something else. What advice do you have for other people? What's kind of the best advice you've gotten? You can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. The email is forum at kqed.org. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or now threads also, if you're there, we're KQED Forum. Stay tuned for more right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about how to recover from a layoff with Ioana Angelakis, a marriage and family therapist based here in San Francisco. Horace Govan, a career coach with Job Hunt Bootcamp, and the authors 
of KQED's What to Do After a Layoff series. That's Carlos Cabrera Lomeli, community engagement reporter with KQED News, and Carly Severn. We're going to be taking your calls in this part of the show if you've been laid off recently about your experience or if you have recovered from a layoff, found a job, or landed in a place you're happy with. What advice do you have? The number is 866-733-6786, forum at kqed.org, or you can find us on Twitter, Threads, or Instagram, or KQED Forum. Um, Carly, we, one of the most important things is health insurance. For historical reasons in this country, we've attached health insurance to people's jobs. Um, so if you lose your job, sometimes you're going to lose your, well, you are going to lose your health insurance in some cases. Um, so talk to us about that. What should, how should people think about that? Absolutely. And talk about a stress that you do not need after losing your job to then have to navigate how you're going to be able to see the doctor. Um, but this is, as you say, the reality of it. And I want to acknowledge as well that if some folks are fortunate enough to have gotten a job at a graduation and then gone from that job into another job and then into another job, they may never have been in this situation in which they're having to suddenly navigate how to find help health insurance for themselves. So one thing I would recommend, you know, do investigate family plans if you're able, you know, if you are able to go on a spouse's health insurance, perhaps even on a, a parent's insurance if you're under 25, uh, investigate that option first. COBRA, uh, you will be offered um, after you lose a job or you leave a job. Um, that's where you basically pay ex- all of the money that you Yeah, why are- is it so I mean that's one of the most surprising things about leaving a job and looking at Cobra, you go like, God, this is expensive. Cobra is wildly expensive. Um and obviously it works for some people. You know, your financial situation may allow you just to to stay on that and it's the easiest thing to do. But basically Cobra is so crazy expensive because it's all of the money that your your employer was contributing to as well for your health care mm. plan. You will be picking up the whole bill. So it doesn't work for everyone. Um then I would recommend you can look onto the Covered California website, which is California's insurance marketplace. That will tell you also when you plug in your details and how much money your household is bringing in now after this layoff, that will tell you if you qualify for Medi-Cal. Medi-Cal is the state's Medicaid, basically. So just that one-stop shop at Covered California will tell you what you can get. And if you don't qualify for Medi-Cal, that's when Covered California can show you all of the healthcare plans in the private marketplace. And you can basically basically choose what kind of plan is going to work for your budget. So again, like empl- like apl- applying for employment insurance, like working out your health insurance is really important to do quickly, even though you are probably grieving the loss of a job. Yeah. Let's go to uh, caller Shane in Mountain View. Welcome, Shane. Hi, Alex. Hey. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, th- Great. Uh, what a great topic and great to put together those resources. I, I was just going to say, as also someone who went through a layoff uh, cycle, um, a bit of advice is always to reconnect with your network. I mean, LinkedIn is such a, a prime place to catch up with folks that you've worked with in the past. And a lot of companies that are re- hiring offer referral bonuses that are really generous. And, you know, they are incentivized to find more folks who fit the culture and, and the, the values in the background of the company. So that's what happened with me when I went through it. I reconnected with someone from years before on LinkedIn who referred me, and then uh, I'm off to my job now. So um, oh, there's, for anyone out there going through the darkness, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thank you, Shane. Nice to have a, a, a nice story to, to start off with. You know, Horst, um, what are the other ways? I think LinkedIn, um, Shane mentioned, if you are reconnecting with the network of people that you've worked with through time, are there other things that you suggest? And do you have advice on how to actually do that 
reconnection? Does it because it might feel strange for some people? Yeah, I think it's it's an opportunity to reconnect with your network. I would do it individually. Um, there are people who like to to you know to, to announce on social media that you've you've been laid off. I think that's that's fine if you want to do it that way. But in addition, reach out to people individually. Use it as an opportunity to uh, reconnect with people that you may not have spoken with in a while. And when you reach out to them, use it as an opportunity to to, to let people know what you're looking for next. You know, and if you're using if you're taking the opportunity to look for something either new and different in your career or to get more of what you want in your career, make sure that you communicate that to the people that you're reaching out to and do it individually. Reach out to people in the way that you would normally reach out to them. If it's picking up the phone and calling them, do that. If it's texting them, do that. If it's emailing them, do that. But but make sure that you do it individually because you'll be more likely to get help from people. It'll also It'll also help you start creating a support network around you. Yeah. You know, Carlos, um, on the job search side, I mean, one of the things that you hear from people is that they, you know, spent all day applying to jobs, all day applying to jobs. Did you, what did you hear from experts about how to kind of structure that job search into the rest of your life so that you can kind of maintain some sense of balance? Totally. So the the most important thing that, well, one of the important things to do once you have all this time off, right, all this free time is set up a routine. Because what happens is that when you're dealing with all these intense emotions, right, about whether it's loss, whether it's grief, um, and then but then you have all this free time, you really sometimes a lot of people struggle to figure out what they're going to do with themselves. Mm-hmm. So setting up a routine and being like, hey, I'm going to actually set four hours a day to you know, go through LinkedIn to work on my resume. Um, don't make this the whole day or what you're going to do the whole time because especially if you have loved ones, especially if you have people who depend on you, they want to, you know, they they, they still, they, those connections are still there. They still depend on you. And the job pro- search process can be frustrating. It can be draining. And if you spend your whole time there, you may not be giving them the best, uh, the best side of you uh, that yeah. they are looking for and that you also need for yourself in this really difficult time. So structure and, you know, four hours, five hours, whatever for the job search process, eight, and then set some time aside for doing things that you love, right? Mm-hmm. Because like uh, like we were talking about, this is not your fault. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't punish, punish yourself, yourself, right? Right, and, and do things that like, you, yeah, like take away things that you do like. And if I could just jump in a second, uh, this is something that I'm really grateful to our Reddit audiences for being so honest about, because quite a few people on the Reddit threads that we started, they talked about kind of the tyranny of free time, about how they felt that they should either be productive or they should be grateful for having the free time that their job didn't allow them to do. They Mm. should be going out, exploring, reconnecting with friends, going to museums, and they felt bad that they weren't doing this. And also, if you've been laid off, you're not getting some kind of severance package, you have have all this free time, but not necessarily the financial means to be like enjoying it up basically around the city. So mm. I'm just kind of really grateful that folks felt able to be so honest with us about those kind of contradictory thoughts that they were having yeah. about having tons of time on your hands suddenly. Yeah. You know, Carlos mentioned some of the other people in one's life who might be affected by a layoff like this. And Ioan, I wanted to ask you about how you, what kind of advice you give for people about talking to their family, um, talking <laughs> with their kids. How should they be thinking about bringing it up and also, you know, as it goes on, you know, how do they describe that that process to maybe kids who might not fully understand, you know, LinkedIn? 
Yeah. So when it comes to talking with children, it's important to make sure that you make your language developmentally appropriate and to always step back and maybe say something like, I won't be in the office as much as I was before. Um, and to just to alleviate some of the stress that might go on to the, your child or children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right. Let's go back to the phones here. Uh, Raya in Castro Valley. Welcome. Hi, Alexis, and thanks for taking my call. Thanks to this panel for a really honest conversation. I was laid off from a technology corporate communications job in May. So understanding a lot of what you're saying here, there's grief, there's an emotional roller coaster. Mm. I had a bit of more of a tactical question for everybody here on in terms of the EDD benefits. I recognize the privilege that comes from losing the corporate job, given the severance that I'm getting. But I'm still technically in the Warren period and have been getting sort of mixed reviews on when to apply for those EDD benefits. So is it immediately or is it after the Warren period where I'm still technically sort of receiving my salary? Mm, man, that's a good and detailed question. <laughs> Horst, um, do, you, do you happen to know the answer to that? I'm afraid I don't know the details around those benefits. Yeah. We, um, Rob, why don't we uh, get your uh, information and we'll um, take a look around and see if we can we can help out on that because I do, yeah, that's that's a, a fun interesting one. Yes, I'd be yeah. very happy to follow you up with on that one. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's tough that there's not a clear, clear-cut answer and I think a lot of folks are in the same boat because then you don't want to be dinged for double dipping right. tax season next year. Right, right. Wow, that's a, yeah, that's a complex one. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that, um, that question. Let's go to uh, Ryan in um, Petaluma. Welcome, Ryan. Hi there. Thanks for taking the call into the panel. Yeah, thank you. Um, I was laid off in January. I've been at the company for over a decade and, uh, you know, really had associated a lot of my identity with the company and, you know, it was, it was quite a blow, but Listen to a very instrumental podcast uh, by a guy named Stephen Gates. His podcast is called The Crazy One. And uh, it was about being laid off and reclaiming your identity. Mm. I thought it was a very influential piece here at that point when you kind of feel like you've been stripped of this thing that you've worked so hard for. Um, so I just wanted to recommend that podcast. Stephen, what do you, uh, uh, Ryan, what do you think it did for you? Well, you know, being that it was, uh, I'd associated so much of my work with my identity and felt like being laid off, it was taken or stripped in a way that just didn't feel fair. But uh, listening to the podcast at that moment, it was basically just a really great reminder that I am not my job. Mm. My job is me and uh, kind of made me realize that I was way more than what I had worked for at that point and that it was still all within me. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much, Ryan, for that advice. That was a the crazy one. Um, Stephen Gates was the the name for those. Um, looking out for it, Horst. Um, do you have other advice on how to actually do that process of of reclamation? Is that part of like the job search? You think? I think so. Yeah, I think you know. I, I see that there there are three big factors that are responsible for people's job fulfillment. There's your role, which is your day to day responsibilities. There's the environment that you're in. That's your physical environment, your geographical environment, your industry. And then there's people and culture. People includes your manager, your coworkers, the culture of the company or organization. And when you're laid off, it's a great opportunity to really evaluate 
what what's your level of fulfillment in those three different areas? And you know, I've worked with a lot of people who realize that there's room for improvement, and so they take they make this a conscious effort, you know, a conscious initiative to really make an improvement and take a step forward in their careers and use it as an opportunity to find a new job that really meets their needs in those areas. Yeah. Um, Carla, coming to you on this one, one of our listeners writes in to say, I got laid off on Monday. I'm sorry about this, Sam. Um, is the company obligated to pay off PTO, paid sick leave? Just had a kid, so I still have paid family leave time. Is there a way to get those hours? It's been less than 24 hours since I was told. My stress levels are through the roof. I know it'll pass, but it's pretty hard right now. Sorry to hear about that, Sam. I'm sorry too. Yeah, that that really sucks. Um, and having to again deal with this kind of administrative burden when you are dealing with all of the emotional fallout—that's really tough. I will say it can differ from company to company. Um, I would just enter into some pretty uh, strong conversations with your human resources department. I think always getting stuff in writing is a really good idea. Maybe not having verbal conversations. Maybe committing the stuff to email is going to be really helpful to have documentation and just really um, really interrogate them about what they're going to be able to provide and, you know, go back through whatever online portal you have to really familiarize yourself with all of those numbers, all of those dates that you have. Mm-hmm. And I just want to add to what Carly said, negotiate. I mean, if how much have you been in the company for, right? Whether it's five, 10 years, right? What was your role? What was your contribution? How much PTO would this be, right? And also stress your needs, right? If you're, you know, hey, I do have a family to maintain or I have, you know, XYZ responsibilities, those are all things that you can stress to your HR department. Um, of course, there's no guarantee that, you know, the, the employer, the corporation will correspond to all of your needs. But you do have, as a former employee, they have responsibilities to you. And you have rights to vocalize what you need in this moment. I always recommend people advocate for yourself as if you were advocating for your favorite person in the world. Because it is quite tough Mm. to stand up and, you know, to a a department that maybe you don't interface with a lot. But just really imagine that you were doing this on someone else's behalf and then go in there and get what you're entitled to. Yeah. You know, another um, listener writes just on the topic of health insurance, just a a recommendation to shop around that sometimes you can get a better deal than the cost of Cobra. I would say just having looked at cost of Cobra in the past, almost certainly you can get a better deal than the cost of Cobra. One more thing to think about of a time when you don't need one more thing, but it could save you money. If you sign up for Cobra and find a better deal, you can take that deal and stop paying for Cobra. But once you stop, you can't get it back. So be sure of your decision. Cobra is also retroactive as well. So that means you can apply. You can mm-hmm. not buy it, but then apply for it later. Yeah. yeah. Also, I just wanted to mention that Cobra is time limited. And it does expire, I do believe, after one year. It does. Yeah. yeah. Um, all, all good points. Um, let's go to Mike in San Francisco. Welcome, Mike. Hi there. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I want to know a bit about unemployment insurance. Um, you know, does everybody have this, and and is it a defined benefit? How can you understand what you're entitled to, and should you use it if you don't need it? Hmm. Thank you, Mike, for that. 
No, these are great questions. Um, I will say from the off, you can't apply for unemployment insurance if you voluntarily left your job. If it was your choice, then UI is off the table. So but there's some exceptions to that I read in your guide, right? Like- uh, it's <laughs> Again, it really does depend um, case by case. I will say that if you haven't gone through this before, uh, EDD um, have some really quite helpful videos about how to apply. They're instructional videos on YouTube. And if you watch them before going through the process, this will just kind of alert you to specific things that you're going to need documents as well. You don't want to be in the middle of this process and then realize that you need to go and contact a previous employer to ask for like pay stubs or something like that. So um, I I do sympathize a bunch with um, folks feeling that this is a labyrinthine complex process and the answers are sometimes not always out there in front of you. Yeah. And what about that other question of should, is there a reason not to take it? I think some people have a bit of a a psychological block on applying for benefits, particularly if it's not something that's necessarily in their history. They kind of feel that they should be making do without it or, you know, just kind of getting by or that they shouldn't apply for it. But I will say that this is what your your taxes pay for. You you pay into the system. And if you need it and if you want it, you are perfectly entitled to start drawing out of it again. That is how it works. Another listener writes in to say EDD works on a quarterly system. So depending on how much money is in your EDD pot, which is based on how much money you have made on your jobs, it may be in your interest to wait until the next quarter to file because you could get more money. And they just want to note that the way that EDD calculates benefits is explained on the website. And of course, you can find the website um, in the KQD explainers. We are here talking about how to recover from a layoff. We are joined by the authors of KQED's What to Do After a Layoff series. That's Carly Severn, senior uh, editor of Audience News at KQED, and Carlos Cabrera Lomeli, community engagement reporter with KQED. We're also joined by a couple of the experts that they interviewed for the series, Horst Govin, career coach at Job Hunt Bootcamp, and Iwana Angelakis, a marriage and family therapist based in San Francisco, also learned a DJ. Um, have you been laid off recently? What's your experience been like? What would you like to know? Or maybe you were laid off and you found a job. What was the advice that was really helpful for you? You can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can email your advice or your questions to forum at kqed.org or find us on Twitter, Instagram, or now threads. We are KQED Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We'll be back with more advice and your stories right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We are talking about how to recover from a layoff, not just getting a new job, but sort of maintaining your sense of balance and identity. Joined by Carly Severn, senior editor of Audience News at KQED, Carlos Cabrera Lomeli, community engagement reporter at KQED. They're the authors of KQED's What to Do After Layoff series. Also joined by Ioana Angelakis, a marriage and family therapist based in San Francisco, who's helped people through these situations, and Horst Govin, a career coach with Job Hunt Boot Camp. We are uh, getting a lot of calls, a lot of comments. One listener writes in to say, I've been laid off a couple of times, and I'm a huge believer in informational interviewing. It's a great way to explore new paths, meet people, make contacts. And the best part is you can ask questions which you wouldn't be able to ask in an actual job interview. Like, what are the best and worst parts? How much do you really make? What qualifications do you need for this position? If you can find the right person to talk, they will be very likely to be happy to help out. Who doesn't like being an expert? Um, Horst, wanted to ask you, I mean, how do you see informational interviewing playing into this? I mean, this assumes that you're in the kind of situation where you probably have some time, you're able to take a, a, a pause and figure out what you're going to do. Yeah, I, I really uh, view the job hunt as three-pronged, and I, and I break out job hunting into three different ways, passive, reactive, and proactive. And informational interviews is a big part of the proactive job search, where you're actually going out there proactively and looking for new opportunities that are not advertised, that don't have hundreds of other applicants uh, competing with you. And it's it, like like the listener uh, says, it gives you an opportunity to really get to know what, what a job might be like and what a company might be like without actually interviewing. And once you once you uncover an opportunity that looks that looks interesting, then you can start to have more serious discussions about the possibility of a, an actual job there, and then potentially even write your own job description. Yeah. Um, you want to got another comment? This one's coming to you. Andrew writes in to say, "I was laid off about six months ago. I knew that I had an unhealthy reliance on my job and my salary for my sense of self worth." The layoff really forced me to confront that. Hasn't been easy, but I do feel like it's forced me to work on myself in ways that were way overdue. Um, what, just walk me through that uh, that comment and how you would help people to make new sense of themselves um, after a layoff like this. Sure. So I think that it's important to stay connected with people in your circles and to make a, a point out of connecting with them at least once a day. Um, secondly, I think it's important to journal, to reflect on your own feelings and to make sure that you stay connected with yourself in that way, uh, with a reflection. Um, and of course, seek professional help if you can afford it or if you are able to do that. Um, uh, you know, some of the more organic things I think are really important to touch on, um, to get outside every day, to see the sun to make sure that you eat balanced meals. Touch and, grass, as they yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. Um, and just make sure you do this each and every day um, to stay grounded. Also schedule your time. Um, and just make sure that you take good care of yourself overall. Yeah. Right. And I just want to add that 
what we heard from audiences when we, we were doing this uh, this series is that it was you know for one group that it was really tough to set this, you know set this time aside for themselves. Uh, parents, especially uh, parents um, <clears throat> who you know maybe balancing already another job, or who you know are juggling financial responsibilities, uh, maybe a single parent with several kids. You know, you know, telling yourself, "Hey, I'm you know in this moment of crisis, I'm actually gonna think about my needs, about myself right now." Feels very selfish, you know, for some folks, but it isn't. And I mean, we we've we've spoken about this before that it's really it, for you to be the 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 person that your loved ones can depend on. You need to take that for yourself. So because it's just such a stressful time, it's such an anxiety inducing time. Even if you know you do have to find a new job in two or three days to keep up with the bills, to to um to not fall behind rent, just you know five ten minutes a day to just be like, hey, I am gonna journal, or hey, I am just gonna walk around the block can make a huge difference and can really make sure that the overwhelming nature of this situation doesn't get to you. Mm -hmm. And one great tip we saw shared by audience members a lot was to really kind of lean on a network of people who know what you're going through and don't feel necessarily that you have to be sharing everything all the time with your family and friends because for them on the flip side that is that's that can be quite a lot to navigate. So if you're talking to people who have also been recently laid off, not only can you be, you know, swapping tips and leads, but you all know exactly what you're going through. It's it's being unafraid to to lean on people. And as part of that, I would also recommend that people check out if they're having trouble navigating all of these benefit systems that we've been talking about. Your city or your county may have its own mm-hmm. dedicated office. It's people in an office sitting there who want you to walk through the door and talk to them. And in some cases, like in San Francisco, they can actually streamline your application, take all your information mm-hmm. and make all of these different applications on your behalf. So again, just look into what you're entitled to and lean on people. That's what yeah. they're there for. On this topic, we've got Sina in San Rafael who wants to talk about maintaining mental health during job search. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Yeah, um, I was laid off last August and it was the first time I'd ever lost a job at all. Um, so I was really just freaked out by everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, what, four months until I found a spot where I'm very happy now. But my thing, my biggest struggle was um, just obsessing with finding a new job and mm-hmm. being really just insular about it. So my sort of advice to people that are facing this situation is don't do that. Don't obsess and don't isolate. <laughs> Make sure that you're kind of like treating your job search as your new job. So limit to like 40 hours a week or whatever. Um, make sure you do go outside and touch grass. Make sure you, you know, maintain the the sort of hobbies and whatnot that kept you happy. Um, and, you know, don't put all this pressure on yourself that you like have to find a job right now or else you're Hmm. worthless or anything like that. Um, Maintaining your mental health throughout it is, I think, the biggest tool in your toolbox for finding a a new place that you're going to be happy. Sina, do you think you learned anything new about yourself during this process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You guys were talking earlier about... um, I forget who it was, but they said the three pillars of uh, a good place, making sure that you have 
good geography, good culture, and good, uh, you know, duties. And I was able to really reflect on, like, okay, my next position, what do I really want it to feel like? And um, it was a little different than what I had sort of typically searched for in a job before. Mm -hmm. And the new place that I'm at now is much more in line with what actually – makes my heart sing as well as pays my bills. Um, so that was pretty cool to figure that out and have, even though being unemployed really, really was not fun, it was kind of cool to be able to have the space to figure that out and make sure that my new spot aligned with it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for sharing that, Tina. I'm sure that's heartening for folks out there. Appreciate it. I think what we heard so much from people who were sharing their experiences with us is that you constantly feel like you should be doing a different thing or that you're doing something, but it's the wrong thing to be doing. So people just beating themselves up constantly about the path that they're on. And, you know, obviously, we've talked about how people blame themselves for being laid off. And that is not something that they should ever do. Uh, One thing that I found really helpful talking to to Horst Govin about this uh, guide to getting a new job, which we have on the site, uh, was about resumes as well. And we heard from people people that they felt that their resume should always be up to date because that's just something that everyone knows. You should always be having a, an up-to-date Google Doc that you can just draw out, you know, the, <laughs> the drop of a hat. And Horst was explaining to me that, that like, that's not always the case because that's just a one-size-fits-all resume. And you don't know the jobs that you're going to be applying for. And so, Horst, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but one thing you told me was about bullet points. You know, they may be more helpful to you than a fully-fledged resume. Yeah, Carly, I think it's important to keep track of what you've done in your career. But when you're in a position where you need a resume, that's the time to create it. And when you're, you know, if you've been laid off, once you've figured out what you want to do next, then you know what you're targeting. And that's what's going to enable you to create a really powerful, effective, compelling resume that really showcases what the reader needs to know about you for that that new type of role. And so it's really important that you you get clear on what you want to do next and then put together your resume based on what you're targeting. Yeah. You know, I think caller uh, Gil in Santa Clara has some advice along these lines as well. Gil? Hi. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, you know, the the typical resume, uh, if you think about it, it, it looks a lot like what I call a grocery list, right? It's a company and some bullet points. I did this. I did that. And for a hiring manager, that's great. But they're going to see, you know, a thousand resumes that look like grocery lists. And so I'm a regular contributor on LinkedIn, and I, I tell my readers all the time, your, your, your resume is your, your storefront, and you are a store owner, and you're trying to sell you. And so if you're trying to sell something, you need to, to convince someone why they need to buy what you have to sell. And so I recommend to people all the time, go through your resume and really look at why the things you did were beneficial to the companies you worked at. And what it does is it explains to them, why should I buy this? You know, why is this a good thing? Why is this person someone I want in my organization? Because ultimately, you have to sell yourself to the HR manager. They have to sell you to the hiring manager. And then the hiring manager has to sell you to the rest of their team. And so making yourself an easy sell means advertising. It means making sure that people understand this is the value you get when you hire me. Gil, thanks so much for that. I also think 
I wouldn't be totally shocked if going through all the important and, you know, high impact things you did in a particular job wouldn't be good for your mental health, too, just to review, you know, all the stuff that you uh, that you have accomplished. Um, let's go. Let's try and uh, get to another call here. Steffi in San Francisco. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Yeah, Can go ahead. Me? Go ahead. Okay. Hi. Um, I was laid off back in November. Um, it's been nine months. Um, I would say I am in my mid-career, not quite enough experience for a senior level, but overqualified for entry-level roles. Um, the roles that I am targeting are more junior because of my responsibilities at home, um, and it has been really difficult trying to communicate that in the 30 or 45 minutes that I have with the interviewers. So I think my question for the panelists is, how do you, how should I position myself or like, you know, to take on, you know, roles that are more junior in nature. Yeah. Interesting question, Steffi. Um, Horst, let's start with you. Yeah. Uh, I would tell Steffi, you know, look at what they're looking for. You know, what is required for the role? And then tailor everything about what you're what you're putting forward, whether it's your resume, your LinkedIn profile, the way you talk about yourself in those interviews. Make sure that you're talking about the things that are relevant for what they're looking for. And if that means downplaying some of the more the more experienced that you that you have in your in your career, that's okay. You know, you can leave out things uh, as you wish. It's your it's your story to tell, and. Talk, you know, just talk about the things that are relevant for what they're looking for. I think you know it goes it goes the same way. If, if someone's looking for a role that maybe is a step above, then you've got to cater to what they're looking for at that level. Mm-hmm. But if you're going a level down, cater to what they're looking for in that level and downplay some of the some of the experience that you you've had in the past. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with leaving things out of your experience, leaving things off of your resume. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, hey, thank you for that, horse, and thank you for that question, Seppi. Um, got a couple of other um, listener experiences I just wanted to share here. One listener writes, I was laid off in the retail apparel market in San Francisco this past January. Not holding high hope I'll be finding anything this year, so I'm picking up freelance gigs when I can to help get by for now. The Bay Area market is completely flat for the type of work I do. Being home to companies such as Gap and Stitch Fix, who seem to have mass layoffs annually, doesn't help my situation as it floods the competition for jobs in my field of work. My retool plan is to take an early retirement, which involves renting my house to go live abroad for a few months at the end of this year. Uh, Another listener experience. um, I was laid off in January in Google's round of 12,000. I've been laid off before, but it wasn't as traumatizing as this one. That one was done in person. The sudden aspect of losing access to the Google corporate network at 2 a.m. was how I found out I was no longer employed. There were so many of us who worked there over 15 years, as well as those under one year. The fact that Google touted its values as community transparency seemed contrary to how we met our end there. Thankfully, ex-Googlers rallied on Discord, and for months afterwards, we supported each other through information sharing on how to navigate signing the severance agreement, how and when to get access to COBRA, how to file for unemployment, and mostly mental health support. Having structure in your day is easier said than done. When depression sets in, it's difficult to move that boulder of inertia. It's a daily struggle, but what's helped is to reevaluate my purpose, that work is mostly a paycheck and not a way of life. Don't let a company, though it seems like it cares about the individual, to be... Your life. Um, I feel like, Carly, in a sense, that was almost like a miniature lesson in your guides. Um, 
Amen. I yeah. mean, it's also hard in the Bay Area, right? Because this is the kind of place where folks will talk about the importance of having a full life outside of work. But when you meet new people, often the first question they will ask you is, what do you do for work? <laughs> and in that kind of environment, if you no longer have that work that you structured a lot of your identity around, it really does have people asking, like, who am I? <laughs> and also hearing from people who have given like huge chunks of their life to one company mm-hmm. and then finding out at 2 a.m. that they were denied mm-hmm. access to the, to the company. Yeah. Um, that's really tough. And I think that people are allowed to think that that's tough and yeah. to feel a mm-hmm. type of way about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, want, you want to add anything to that? I did. You know, one big question is, are we living to work or are we working to live? Mm-hmm. And what if somebody has been answering that question one way? <laughs> And then they want to answer another. Like, how do you actually make that transition from, you know, living to work to something else? Yeah. So, you know, work is meant maybe perhaps to shape part of your identity. But in the end of the day, I think that the people around you have a, have more value. Your connections with those that you love. Keep them close. Um, and the living to work could be replaced by working to or living I'm sorry I always get this messed up <laughs> me too uh, yeah so uh, so that's a good question to ask yourself yeah yeah Carlos yeah and uh, some uh, we've been talking about what if you're in the position where you lose your job right but I also want to add what if let's say your best friend your mm. spouse your yeah. homie your bestie whatever loses their job what can you do right and some people are very expressive about what they're feeling and some people are not. Um, but what matters the most is in that situation, just in your own way, whatever you know, communication looks like for y'all, like letting them know that you are their ally in the situation, mm-hmm. right? That this does not change how you think about them. Because that's when, when you lose your job, you can sometimes feel like a failure to those around you, those really special connections, right? That you failed them, that you disappointed them. But letting them, but if if you're the friend, right? Just letting them know it's not like that. And how can and how can I be your ally mm. in this in this moment? Yeah. You can offer several options, right? Is it like, do you want me to like you know keep an eye out for for jobs on LinkedIn, or if a friend of uh, someone else mentions something, um, emotional support? Do you want to have that conversation? Some people do, some people don't, <laughs> right? And also support with childcare, food, logistics, everything, or just yeah. maybe they need space and distance in this moment. Maybe that'll be our next guide. Have yeah. Checking with someone going through a tough <laughs> yeah, time. Right. Exactly. Um, one listener writes, last thing as we get out of here, Ben there, tell everyone in your life that you're looking. Don't be ashamed. Everyone, your network is gold. LinkedIn, Facebook, church, gym. We've been talking about how to recover from a layoff with Carly Severn, senior editor of Audience News here at KQED. Carlos Cabrera Lomeli, community engagement reporter here at KQED. They are the authors of KQED's What to Do After Layoff series. We've also been joined by Horst Govin, career coach with Job Hunt Bootcamp, and Ioana Angelakis, a marriage and family therapist based in San Francisco. Thank you to all of you, and thank you to all of our listeners who called in with your advice and stories. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. 
Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.